Thank you for tuning into a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy! So there's a study that found that you and I receive about 4,000 to 10,000 of this particular thing on an average day. And no, it's not political ads in the mail during an election. It's not mosquito bites during the summer. It's not notifications on your phone. But we're exposed to 4,000 to 10,000 messages of advertisement every day. The world around us essentially tells us 4,000 times that you need, you should want, you need better, you need what's necessary, new is necessary, you deserve bigger. The world around us screams, it is more blessed to get. But Jesus' teaching was actually really countercultural to this. He is quoted in Acts 20, 35. It says, It is more blessed to give than to receive. That's pretty clear, cut and dry from the mouth of God in the flesh. But do you actually believe that? Do you actually believe that or do you actually live in that way? I don't know about you, but as a follower of Jesus, I struggle with fully embracing this at times. I feel that actually getting is pretty darn good. Getting's pretty great, like no offense to y'all, but if there were two tacos here right now, receiving it into my mouth versus giving would be pretty great. It really would. Uh, if someone was like, hey, you want an unlimited shopping spree on Amazon? I'd be like, I think I could find things to buy. It would be pretty great. It wouldn't be hard for me to do. Because honestly, getting feels pretty great. And it makes me question, are you sure, Jesus? Are you sure? Like, are you sure it's actually more blessed to give? I have these thoughts that come from time to time when it comes to generosity or for being generous. But for me with it, the main struggle is not that I don't want to give or that I don't want to be generous. I do. I really do want to be generous. I want to come across as a generous person. I mean, don't you? We typically, we all have this desire to be generous. But when we get caught in the moment for an opportunity to be generous, we tend to think about our current needs. And we can easily respond with, now it's just not a great time. Now it's not a great time. And to make that statement go down a little easier, we tell ourselves, when I have more in the future, more time, more money, more resources, more energy, that's when I'll really be generous. But the longer we do that, the bigger that more becomes, right? The bigger that number keeps evolving and changing as life keeps changing. Can you relate to this a little bit? Of wanting to be generous, but saying, later, later. Maybe with being generous in your finances. Maybe it's with being generous in your free time to assist an organization or a person. Maybe it's with your energy, your thought power into something. Maybe it's with your influence, taking, like talking something up to help it really grow. Maybe it's with how you treat others around you, whether it's with a generous amount of encouragement or compliments or positivity. Again, I think we all want to be generous, but when we get in the moment or in the heat of making the decision of whether we should be or not, we tend to think about how we could use that money, that time, that energy for ourselves. If you've been here the last couple of weeks, we've been in this series that we've been calling It's Decided, and we've addressed the idea that many of us, we're just bad decision makers. We just are. We're bad decision makers. Fortunately, a Christian person is never defined by the quality of their decisions, but a Christian is defined purely by their relationship to Jesus and the acceptance of his grace and forgiveness. It's this generous gift that he gives us that we can learn immensely from. But when someone who is a Christian person has this real response to the gift of grace, 
they typically start to notice we make poor decisions and decisions that are counter to God at times. And in response to that, we're moved to make life changes. Not to earn or pay back for the gift of, of what we've earned from, or what we've gotten from God, but to simply seek God's advice and guidance to live more honorable to Him and allow others to see His ways working. And if today, if today we truly have had an encounter with God's grace before and we want to be obedient to Him, we can't leave our decision-making up to how we feel in the moment. In this series, we've been declaring things God values as seen in the Bible that we can say, it's thought out for me, it's planned for me, it's decided for us ahead of time to act a particular way when a circumstance arises. We've been saying, I'm ready, I am consistent, I am generous, I am faithful, I am a finisher, I am, a, I am loving, I am humble. We're doing this because Proverbs 16.3, it says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. So we're committing each of these ways to God, and we're using what God says in the Bible to help us establish our paths. And today's statement is, I am generous. Would you say it's easy or natural for you to be generous with maybe your time or your money or your energy? For most, myself included, it's not is not easy. Jesus actually, he tells this story that shows what usually happens for the majority of us when it comes to opportunities for generosity. It's in Luke, uh, six, or Luke 12, verses 16 to 21, and it's a parable that Jesus tells, or a hypothetical story meant to teach a point or bring a real-life observation of what a lot of people experience. And how this one starts is Jesus says this, a rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Now for me, this at first, it kind of seems sinister, right? It kind of seems like unrelatable. Like he's kind of like, in my, my interpretation, it's like, I'm so bored. I have too much money. I have too much stuff. I have too much wealth. It's kind of what I get from this guy. It kind of makes me think of an Austin Powers movie, Goldmember. Has anybody seen Austin Powers movies before? Anybody embarrassed to say that they have seen an Austin Powers movie? It makes me think of this scene. Check it out. I love gold. The look of it, the taste of it, the smell of it, the texture. When you love gold that much, you have too much of it, right? Like seriously, it's just weird if you love gold that much. But the guy in the story, the parable, he has fine crops, a surplus, as in extra. Have you ever felt you had extra or surplus of anything before? Maybe way too many clothes. That's me. Maybe it's way too much food in your pantry. There's a lot of options we have in our pantry. Uh, maybe too many bikes. Maybe this is just me. I have a lot of bikes. This is actually half of the bikes I have. I have too many. Too many toys. My girls have multiple pictures of toys. Maybe you just have too much time on your hands. You take naps. I don't know. But if we start to notice we have a surplus, we tend to think, what shall I do with all of this? What should I do with all of this? Well, what happens next in the parable is the man says, I know I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. This is a story from 2,000 years ago. But isn't it true for us today? Don't we tend to just acquire bigger, better, newer? We need another garage then, or a bigger closet, or a bigger pantry. 
In the story, the farmer then says after this, I'll sit back and I'll say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. And you would think, after he says this, this is the time, right? This is the time where we've all been kind of like saying, like, that's when I'll be generous, when we finally have enough to be generous. It's the time we've probably been saying to ourselves, this is the time now. But the story ends with him saying to himself, now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Jesus ends the story by saying this to the man. But God said to him, You fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Yikes, right? Yikes. This is a parable that is a little too close to home for me because like, I'm sure the man in the parable, year after year, he had enough. Maybe even more than enough. We can see he already had barns. He already had a steady income. He had food. He had what he needed to survive. And if I put myself in his shoes, I can say I have a lot of those needs met personally. And then some today. But we see when he has his big break, extra crops, he makes excuses to keep it. Jesus tells us this story to bring to our reality that we will probably be similar. I mean, if you and I are honest, do you think you would be generous in this situation? A time when you have extra, that, that bonus, that extra free time, that extra pep in your day to show generosity to your coworkers? Or would you find a way to keep it and allow it to bless you and to take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry? Unfortunately for me, I think that would probably be the case. If you can relate to me, how do we change? How do we change that? How can we get ourselves to follow through with the statement, I am generous? I mean, is it just saying yes to the stereotypical times like that people ask for us to be generous or to give something? I mean, the things that come to mind, the stereotypical ones, the three main ones that come to mind, and I'm guessing you too, is at church, a grocery store, a department store, or in response to some commercial you see, right? Like those are kind of like the main spots people tend to ask for generosity. But is giving to those things really generous or generosity? I mean, let's just address each of these, starting with the last one first. A commercial pops up. Music starts playing. A few pictures of animals pop up. The Sarah McLaughlin music is playing, and you're like, ah, I gotta care for these animals. And you feel this pressure to be generous and to give, right? Or you're at the grocery store, and they ask, would you like to round up, or would you like to donate a dollar and show support to our veterans, save starving people, end cancer forever? And the answer to all those is, of course, yes. Yes, I want those things to go away. Like, of course you want to save starving people. Of course you want to end cancer. Of course you care about veterans. But you just came in to buy a gallon of milk, right? You don't want to determine whether you're solving the world's problems or funding the world's problems right now. But in these moments, we feel pressure to be generous. Or lastly, church. I know this sounds weird coming from a pastor, but in church, offering comes around eventually, and you feel like, oh, do I need to give or not? Like, oh, should I put something in? And it's this tense, awkward moment as you're just checking a place out or visiting. Like, I, do I have to give or not? Please, P.S., please do not feel obligated to give if that's you. I never want you to feel that way when you're here. But thinking about each of these examples it makes me question, to be a generous person, does that mean I just need to become a yes person? A yes person or a yes man that succumbs to pressure every time someone asks for money? And the answer 
from a pastor, at least from the perspective of a church, is, is no. No. I want to look at the definition of generosity to show you a little bit about this. It says, showing a readiness to give more of something as money or time than is strictly necessary or expected. The first few words of this statement, it should produce a mindset shift for you in what generosity is. It says, showing a readiness to give. As in, having a thought-out plan to give above and beyond what's expected. As in, being ready to give, not caught by surprise. Not only does Webster's Dictionary define it this way, or generosity this way, but also God. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Do you see what this is saying? Being generous is not just being a person who makes sure they respond with a yes every time someone asks them a question or they see a guilting video or, or that someone requests money from them. That realistically is just not possible. But being generous is changing your posture about giving and deciding ahead of time where you want to give and where you want to be generous to, to be ready to give then above and beyond what's expected. It's not just tossing money wherever one asks or wherever you are. It's more purposeful. So the first thing we need to do to help us live out the statement, I am generous, is you got to choose where you want to be generous or choose your generosity. Since you can't give everywhere, have you chosen where you will be generous? As we think about this first point, I want to ask you, has anyone here heard of Mr. Beast before? Maybe my young people in the room. Mr. Beast. All right, so Mr. Beast uh, is a YouTuber who has donated over $20 million to individuals. He has the most subscribers on YouTube. He has over 100 million subscribers. I can't even, like, fathom that in my mind. But he's also only 24 years old. His real name is Jimmy Donaldson. And sorry, parents in the room, like, if you're, like, been telling your kids, like, you can't be a YouTuber. That's not an option. What's your plan B? Uh, now I'm telling you that he's given away millions. But anyways, what's happened with Mr. Beast or Jimmy is he started YouTube just like a lot of people have done, making honestly quite dumb videos. That's kind of how he started. It's him and his friends being stupid in videos. It's him doing commentary while he's playing video games. But then some of his first big successes in videos, <laughs> his first one was actually him counting to 100,000. No, you're not missing anything special about the video. Literally, that's what it was. Him counting from 1 to 100,000. Just counting. You're hearing it right. But as he started to get more and more views, he started to really see that some of his videos exploded for him. And the ones that really exploded were the ones of him giving away money. One of his first ones he does ever is him giving away money he made with his first income as a YouTuber. He decided, I just want to give it away. I just want to give it away. And he does a little clip of it. Check it out. series where I just, you know, be nice and just give people some help. So uh, if you want to take it, it's about $10,000. I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah, right is what he says. That always makes me chuckle a little bit. But these types of videos, they go on and on of him just giving money away. I mean, uh, there's this one that he did for Halloween recently. Check it out. Hey, do you want an iPhone? Yes, please. Thank you. Yo, I love the costume. Here's an iPhone. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. You get two for having a Minecraft costume. Don't drop your iPhone. Happy Halloween. Hey, here's $10,000. Thank you. No, no, it's yours. <laughs> no, keep it. No, buddy, you keep it. Hey. 
If I was that dad, I might be saying the same thing. <laughs> now, granted, he makes money from the ads and the brands he endorses in these videos, but the first video with $10,000, it was just him being generous and giving away his first earnings in a place he felt called to give to. He does this over and over with acts of generosity, and he just reinvests what he makes from the videos for more generous videos. Now, the reason I tell you this is Jimmy has decided ahead of time how and where he will be generous. Before he sees the outcome, before he sees the worth of it for him, he realizes, he's pursuing the, the concept of it, that it is truly blessed to give in this situation. But he chooses where his heart is pushing him towards ahead of time. Which again, this is exactly what one who is pursuing generosity needs to do as God instructs. They are to make decisions ahead of time without the influence of emotions, the heat, the pressure to give. Now, we've been talking a lot about money right now for a second, but generosity is not just that. Generous could be your time, your resources, your energy into something, thought power, grace that you extend, encouragement. Have you thought about where or with whom you want to be generous with? Now, this maybe comes across kind of like easy, or maybe you even see like, I think this is kind of a cop-out, Aaron. Like, this is kind of a cop-out, because you maybe see yourself as a fairly generous person on the spot. And I would say, it's actually quite difficult to do it ahead of time, or this way. Because if you spend time deciding where you want to be generous beforehand, it forces you to not be ignorant to the situations around you. It makes you look into the needs of others around you and the world. It makes you be thoughtful to maximize your potential impact. To decide in your heart, as the Corinthians passage pointed out, means to be thoughtful ahead of time where and what you will give. What that looks like today, to plan ahead and to think about things for us, is deciding how much extra encouragement you're going to extend at work with those coworkers that day. Being generous is being positive no matter what. Uh, maybe for you it's how much money or how much volunteer time you're going to give to maybe your church or ministry or to God. Maybe it's how much grace you'll give to your friend when you get in that really tough, conflicting situation. Maybe it's how much energy you, you'll, you'll produce or bring to your family gathering because you know that you just need to be generous and like really creating a good atmosphere. Maybe it's how much you influence or funds you extend to an organization and you be generous with it. As you hear these things, have you thought about what causes you really care about? Have you thought about what your gut and your heart is pushing you to do and extend what's above and beyond the expected? Honestly, if I reflect on this parable a bit more, I don't think the man ever thought about how he could be generous in the moment or how he even would be generous in the future. So not only was he neglecting generosity in the moment before he had surplus, but also with the surplus. That said, this parable is meant to tell you and me, don't be like this man. Don't be like this man. You might not like hearing this from a pastor, but honestly, I don't really ever give or say yes in the moment when I'm asked or pressured to give or to be generous. Yikes, right? Partially, honestly, partially, it's because generosity just isn't natural to me. It's not natural to me. Uh, it's a bit of a struggle for me. I have a lot to learn, and I need to consistently work at this. But also, partially, because I've decided ahead of time, I've decided ahead of time how and where I want to be generous with everything we have. 
I know I can't give to everything, but I do know there are some things my wife and I have discussed. We've picked some organizations that we want to support financially. We've picked some places that we want to invest our time into. Sure, sometimes we're moved in certain ways and we want to just like do a one-time gift or a one-time like serving project, but it, it's not necessarily wrong to do it that way. We just shouldn't feel obligated to say yes every time someone asks. So for me and my wife, how we truly try to be generous is we decide ahead of time where we are going to give more than what's expected and ready ourselves to give there each time it comes around. Have you done something like this? Generous people, they don't need to be guilted. They don't need to be inspired. They make plans ahead of time and are ready. Where do you fit in that statement? Have you taken a moment to think about how and where to be generous with your finances? Your time, your energy, your effort. If not, maybe you need to. Which leads to the second thing that I think we need to do to be generous, which is stretch yourself. Stretch yourself. Push yourself. Again, the definition is showing a readiness to give more of something as money or time than is strictly necessary or expected. Generosity has a consistent push of more, more of something. Acknowledging this and seeking more is easier for some to do than others. But I want to say for the majority of us, being generous needs to be pushed, stretched. It needs to be challenged. It needs to be a self-disciplined thing to get us there. If you identified with me in the beginning thinking, maybe when I have more, that's when I'll be generous, it shows generosity isn't natural for us especially when it comes to doing more. So we need to stretch ourselves, which is why the parable Jesus tells is in the Bible. It's for us. That's why he tells this parable. Now, I gave you kind of a surface level, a surface level approach at this parable, but I want to take you a level deeper and point out what I think Jesus is really teaching here and what he's really trying to do in this parable and telling this. Before Jesus even decides to tell this parable, someone asks a question or a I guess he makes a statement to Jesus. He says this in Luke 12, 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Now I read this verse, and if you can picture it actually in your mind, it must be an extremely awkward situation, right? Like, if you're this guy, like, you literally probably went to your brother, you're like, hey, have you heard of Jesus before? Let's go and visit him. He does some teaching. Come with me. Let's, let's hear his teaching. And then, like, the, the older brother kind of goes along, and he, they're hearing, like, questions that people are asking Jesus. Jesus is doing teaching. And then all of a sudden, he, like, looks over, and he hears, like, someone asking a question. And it's his little brother. And his little brother says, tell my brother to give me some money. Right? It's kind of like what's going on. Awkward. If I'm the older brother, I'm ticked. You asked me here for this? But back then... There are some things that were common customs that are important to know. The older brother would receive a double inheritance, and they also would be the one responsible for divvying up the inheritance amongst the other family members. And I'm guessing this brother wants his older brother to do the job of splitting the inheritance so he can get his rightful share. How Jesus responds is, I like to think of it in like a bro voice, like, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between the you two? Like, who would want to be that judge in that situation? But I want to go one level deeper with this. One level deeper with this teaching from Jesus and what he does next. Can you handle that? You with me still? All right, awesome. In this situation, if you're the older brother, the one who hasn't divvied up the inheritance, you're probably feeling a little convicted. 
You know you need to do it. It's part of the Jewish customs back then. It's potentially even Jewish law then. But Jesus doesn't address it. He just goes on to instruct both of them, the younger and the older brother, to be generous. It says this, Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And then tells this parable of the man who rebuilt the barn. And if you don't remember, the parable ends with God saying to the man who has the new barn, You fool, you will die this night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. I feel like Jesus avoids the question or the statement because I think we can assume, of course he wants the older brother to do what's right and to divvy up the inheritance. I think we can assume that for us too, that Jesus wants us to always do at least what's expected of us. But what I want to point out is Jesus doesn't waste time with his, the majority of his teaching on this. He doesn't waste time teaching, uh, showing through the parable that he wants us all to be generous. That's what he prioritizes in this parable. All, as in, all people need to be generous. You, me, the younger brother, the older brother, the one with the surplus or the double inheritance, the one with a little inheritance or, or nothing. Jesus is showing doing what is expected is different than being generous. Because being generous is going beyond what is right, beyond what is expected. Today, today there are times we can think we're being generous, but we're just doing what's expected, actually. For example, what that maybe looks like for you and I today is we give time to serve others today, maybe. Maybe it's today, maybe it's another time. It can be generous, but it's also a command and expectation from God. Giving to God financially today, that can be super generous. It can be great. But there's also an expected amount God wants from his followers. Extending grace to others today, that can be super generous. But it's also the expected way of living for a follower of Christ. Again, generosity is showing a readiness to give more of something as money or time than is strictly necessary or expected. If you truly want to be generous, you need to discover what is expected. What is expected of you in certain areas of your Christian walk? Through looking at what Scripture says about some of these things. Giving, loving, serving, character. You need to learn those things. Do it, and then stretch yourself to discover what God has placed in your heart to do above that. It's hard, but a stretch. A personal challenge to push yourself here is what allows you to grow. It allows you to find more. It allows you to become generous. A few weeks ago, my uh, family and I, we traveled in our Sprinter camper van to the East Coast. I have two little girls under two. We brought our dog and my wife, all of us in this camper van. You might think I'm crazy, but it actually was super fun. We had a really great time. Uh, but we were also trying to do it as cheap as possible. Gas is not cheap these days, right? It is not cheap at all. So we're, we're trying to do it as cheap as possible. So we got this app. It's called Harvest Host. And, and what it is, is, is you basically reserve a spot at a business or to park overnight or camp overnight there in exchange for $20 or a donation of some type. Uh, so with that, we were getting to our first destination and we're almost there, but we actually got delayed. We got delayed and we literally didn't arrive to the place until like midnight. 
And then we're going to leave at like 7 in the morning. And it was at like some random dude's house in Toledo, which is just a whole other story. But he had everything ready for us, set out, and it was all set. He provided all that was promised for us as we were getting to his business here, actually above and beyond. We never even saw him. We never even saw him. It was nice. It was set. It was great. But I'm a little bit cheap. And I'm like, we're not even using everything. We're literally pulling in and leaving. I don't want to spend 20 bucks on that. I don't want to spend 20 bucks. It's like, it's like 10 bucks to me. It's like we're 10 bucks to me. So I pull up my wallet and I only have 20s. No. So then I'm like, let's just drive away. Let's just drive away. We'll leave a review. We'll leave a really good review for him. That, that's what it's worth. But ah, this is what's happening as I'm preparing for this message series. It's decided, and I've been saying these words for a couple months. I am faithful. I am ready. I am generous. Ah, stink. I'm like, I am generous. So I gave the 20 bucks. And I felt good about it, actually. Did good. I got a sermon illustration out of it. Check, check, check. But as I was thinking about this and really studying this week, this was not generous. The $20 was expected. What I gave was expected. And this has changed my whole observation on generosity. It's made me thoroughly think, how am I generous? It's hard to be generous. I'm not going to do it unless I think about it ahead of time. And then I push myself to maybe give above and beyond next time. But as I think back to that situation for me, like I think back to the $20 gift I give, do I regret it? Not, do I regret maybe like not being truly generous in that moment? Not really, honestly. Not really because it was a start. It was a start for me that was necessary for me to seek being more generous. Choosing to do $10 over just leaving, that would have been a step. That would have been a step towards generosity. Choosing to do $20 over the $10, that would be a step of me getting closer to what is expected and closer to what is generous. And now, as I think about those steps, I'm stretching myself for more. Now I get, many of you aren't like going around traveling in your van camper, so this situation doesn't totally re relate, and you're not sleeping in some random person's driveway in Toledo, probably a smart idea. But what is that step for you? To get closer to what's expected, and then to generosity. For you, maybe you just need to start. Maybe, you, maybe it's even less than what's expected, but it's something to start you. Something that stretches you a bit. Don't be... I, I was thinking about like stretching and I was thinking like old guys tend to never like stretching when it comes to physical labor or working out. It's like, ah, I'm good. Let's go. It kind of makes me think of this scene. All right, let's get to work. I'm not paying you to stand around. Hey, fellas, before we get started, can we just stretch real quick? What is he doing? Five minutes now will save us years of pain. Dave, can you stretch me out? Right here. What? Oh my <sighs> gosh, I love my job. Tackle box, let's go. Let's get to work. I show you this because stretch yourself. Stretch yourself. Don't be in this constant state of like, oh, I'm sore every day. That's just what happens. That's just what it is. Stretch yourself. Help yourself get to a point where you can experience that generous point. My point is don't be rigid of never stretching your generosity. Start somewhere. Even if it's just getting you closer to what's expected, but stretch. 
Where do you need to look into of what is expected so that you can start and then push yourself to not just do what is expected, but to actually get to generosity? Is it something with God? Is it your time somewhere? Is it your grace to others? Is it your energy or attitude you extend to others? When we know how to realistically be generous now and, and maybe even in the future, and we've actually thought about it, it will then be way easier for us to follow through with generosity. The last thing that I think we can learn from this parable to help us declare, I am generous, is you need to assess what you have. When we really think about what many of us have today, we should be moved to generosity. If we are real about the man in the parable, he's not that different from a lot of us. He wants to eat, drink, and be merry. I want that. That sounds great. I want to sit back and like just chill. That's what he wanted to do. That sounds awesome. He had what he needed. I have that too. And then some he has. And I think I have that too. But then he lost it all. He got to experience having, which is, isn't a bad thing. God gives us blessings. He gives us enjoyment. But this man missed out on the blessing of being a giver of being one who gets to be generous, who gets to serve others, who gets to impact organizations, who gets to make a difference in his community through his time, money, or energy. And that missing piece is a blessing God wants to give you. How we started the message today is how it is more blessed to give than to get. The statement from Jesus, it doesn't say that receiving is bad. Receiving can bring happiness. It can bring good moments. It's fun to eat, drink, and be merry. But whether you're a generous person or not, our time on earth will run out at some point like the man in the parable. When Jesus says it's more blessed to give, he means not only can you experience the goodness of life through what you've been blessed with and you have earned, but when you assess what you have and determine how you could bless another and actually do it, you realize you gain more. And that is truly more blessed to give than to receive. Because the blessing someone else, it's not that you are fully without anything ever, but that you get both. You get the provision of what you need in life, and you also get an opportunity to provide for another. What you lose is surplus. Surplus, extra. Do you really need 50 shirts? Do you really need every dollar? Do you really need every weekend of enjoyment? Do you really need every hour of free time to yourself? When we assess our surroundings, our lives, we see we don't need it all. And it should actually push us towards generosity. Proverbs 11, 24 to 25, it says, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers wants. Whoever brings blessings will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. When you experience giving, generosity, you will see your demeanor grows richer, and that is what's truly blessed. Where in your life do you need to assess your life so that you can be generous with your surplus? Items, money, time, resources, ability. When you assess what you have, we can see that we probably have enough. And we have more than enough to give in a certain area. And it should allow you to fully be able to state it is more blessed to give than receive. So as I wrap up today, what do you need to do to help you follow through on a decision to be a generous person? Do you need to choose your generosity? Like think through the causes that matter to you, the causes that matter to you that are important to you so that you can give out of generosity and not out of compulsion. Do you maybe need to stretch yourself? Like do you need to challenge yourself to see that generosity isn't doing what's expected, it's to do more than what's expected and that you need to push yourself to eventually get there? Or lastly, do you need to assess what you have? Do you need to think through the areas of life that you can be generous in, that you have surplus in, 
that you have spaces like a farmer maybe, but you can move on and you can give to others. I know I need help being more generous. So I'm going to pray that God helps me and has me act on one of these this week. If you want that too, you can pray with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for just giving us an example of how we can tend to be, I don't know about everybody here, but I, I can relate to this parable of being this man that just wants to hold on to things. So God, I just pray that you have us, when we say, I am generous, have it be something that we truly believe in and we truly act on. Help us take whatever step that is for us to, to get closer to what's expected and then even closer to generosity. Whatever that is for us, I just pray that you, you move us in that direction. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.